Hey Zwifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is The Zwiftcast coming up on this episode. Zwift's big new hire, Mark Cote, concedes HQ could have done a lot more to have had a proper conversation with the community and he outlines his plans to change. Strava segments on Zwift. What's happening here? Cleaned up for the greater good or stripped bare? We talk to Zwift Insider's Eric Slanje. And the Zwift staffer who inspired the company's Black Celebration series, Ross Ambati. Good interview this, well worth a listen. Plus, all the usual Zwift, chat, gossip and rampant speculation. Well, mine are currently shamefully hairy and a little bit chunkier than I'd like. I'll bet Shane's are lithe and tanned. Nathan's, who knows, probably muddy. I'm talking legs, of course. What else? Shane, g'day, mate. Every day I wake up and check Zwift Riders in the hope you've posted a picture of your legs. So far, nothing but daily disappointment. How long are you going to keep me waiting, dude? (laughs) My word, what an interesting place Zwift Riders has become (laughs) over on Facebook. Look, back in my day, we'd help users discover new worlds and new experiences. Today, well, I guess depending on the youthful age of some of the members of the group, they still might be the case where they're discovering new worlds and uh, new experiences just a little differently. Um, as for my legs appearing on there, no, not anytime soon. <laughs> I'm just going to have to learn to live with the disappointment. Nathan, yo, dude, no one, of course, to your very closest friends as Gorilla Gara. Uh, is this because you are of the hirsute persuasion? No, um, I, ca- I steer pretty clear lately of Swift Riders, honestly. But um, <laughs> the, no, I'm just kidding. I spend a little bit of time in there. But uh, mainly just because I already uh, put AMP uh, lotion live on live stream on my legs. So it's no big deal. People already have access. So. <laughs> your legs are on the internet is that what you're telling me <laughs> well i mean the reality is when i'm ready to go for racing and i'm like just fed the kids it's it's literally you know a dad inside riding trainer moment running to make sure that the banner doesn't drop and i haven't put the amp cream on i'm literally jumping on and putting amp cream on on live stream so the already the legs are already there i mean and yes i do not off camera for shammy cream but yes uh there was actually a conversation uh on a ride with eric min once when i was like nah we only shave during racing season that's for photos just so you know for all the pros it's really just for the photos so that was that's kind of a funny story actually at one of the off sites but uh yeah that is also the gorilla persuasion i guess too well, now I know your legs are on the internet. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing after oh we finish recording this. But um, Zwift, <laughs> Zwift, Zwift riders, boys. I mean, what is happening there? It's going to hell in a handcart. So um, let's play the admin game here for a moment. Shane, let's imagine for a moment you are keeper of the ban hammer. Uh, the now notorious legs post. What's your policy, dude? Ah, oh, look, it's a tough one. And with, what is it, 80,000 members in that group? There's going to yeah. be posts from all angles. 
And yes, there are posts from all angles, so to speak. So there's memorial posts, there's cat posts. If anybody actually noticed the cat posted the other day, there was something else in the shot. Um, look, it's not on my list of daily places to visit anymore. And like most people who've been around for a while, we've found other places to congregate. Look, I think we're nearing the time where we're going to see some massage gun posts, maybe some whoop, whoop band, you know, those things that everyone's spruiking, they'll come along soon, but at least those posts can be booted to the moon. Look, the way I see Zwift riders, it's like walking into a conference room. Well, it was like walking into a conference room filled with a few hundred people. That's one thing. And you, you ask around, you've got a problem. Hey, there's a few hundred people, a few experts here, a few enthusiasts. Yeah. But that's one thing. But now you're walking into the middle of a stadium filled with 80,000 people and you're asking for help. It's a very different place. And all you're going to hear are the hecklers and the idiots. How to administer that? I have no answers. I sit back and I'm amused, I would say daily, but every couple of times a week. Yeah, I think observation or even participation in Swift Riders needs to be a very selective hobby. I, I mean, Nathan, you know, the legs nonsense was not the only kind of melodrama played out in public. There seems to be one daily now. Has Swift Riders kind of reached the end of its useful life, do you think? I don't think so. I think it is still a place to uh, connect. I think it's the first thing that happens is you might, and the same, the stadium is a great, uh, I think, analogy because there's all different parts of the stadium. Mm -hmm. There's bouncers at different doors and people kind of, or even like a, a con and different. Cheap things. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, yeah, so at the con or at, at some sort of Comic Con or whatever it might be, it's like being at SwiftCon. You'll have different people up to different things in different corners. And uh, I think from there, it is an access point to the other groups that are on Facebook. So, yeah. right, like yeah. you find out yeah. you kind of who's where and how this is working and who's posting how, and it's your first excitement. And then you don't have as much time anymore after your first excitement about Zwift. And then you might end up with a couple of buddies that you follow over to another group. So I think that's probably its service at this point, other than maybe um, having a little bit of fun browsing for a little while. <laughs> well, on the, I, I wait so on the content on the content side though Twitch, Twitch had this same problem um, and a lot of platforms have had the same problem you know it when you see it kind of a thing going on and mm, you know you need mm, to yeah. um, in my opinion there are spaces for this kind like that kind of stuff on the internet and we call it what it is and that's what that those spaces are for whereas is that what OnlyFans is for well, <laughs> Um, that's another. Well, well I'm glad. Did, you know, I'm glad you've raised that. I'm glad you've raised that, Shane. Actually, because I have to tell you, I don't know whether I'm naive, but until this entire episode, I had no idea why OnlyFans was. I, I literally thought it was somewhere where you went to buy a cooling device. <laughs> I, I, and, that is and, so great. And, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I had no idea. That is I mean, amazing. I know. I'm, um, that is awesome that you did not money. know, Simon. <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't know. I mean, I don't know whether I'm just like looking for a discount on a kicker right. headwind. OnlyFans. Whoa, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a kind of money for nothing and you kicks for free kind of guy. So I mean, I just I had zero idea that such a thing exists. But of course, as soon as I found out what it was and what it does, then well, I wasn't really surprised that those kinds of things do exist. I was just glad I didn't know about it, and now I do. So I feel dirty and solid. Uh, okay, let's move beyond all this fluff and froth. Let's float above the nonsense 
and get to the very heart of the matter, the Zwift matter. I think if we were using just one word to describe parts of the Zwift community this winter, as we've just been talking about, it might have been fractious. As we've said before, the noobs, all those millions of them, are mainly happy, but the oldsters and the vets are a bit restless. Zwift knows this, and the company is taking action, and the shape of this is a new hire called Mark Cote. He's officially Senior Director Content Programming, so who is Mark and what is he planning? I talked to him uh, just a couple of days ago, quite long this, but it's a big hire, it's a big role, and I thought it was worth a decent run. So pin back your ears, this is what Mark has planned for us. Well, very exciting. Uh, welcome to the Zwickcast to Mark Cote. Hey, Mark. Hey, good to meet you finally in person, Simon. It's fantastic. Yeah, well, this is an interview I've been looking forward to, actually, because you've got a new role at Zwift. It's very exciting, and I think the community is going to be very excited at the end of this interview when you lay out all the wonderful things that you're going to bring <laughs> to the role. But let's start, let's start with some basics. I mean, you have spent a long time in the bike business, so just give us the, the potted history. Oh, man, half my life has been committed to two wheels. I spent the last 17 years from internship through career at Specialized in various roles between R&D, product development, product management, uh, marketing, and across various teams from uh, leading road development, uh, helping forge our aerodynamics program and building the wind tunnel, uh, being chief marketing officer for a few years, and then into my last role there was leading our active team, which was Everything from e-bikes, commute, fun, family, transport, our kids' bikes. Okay, cycling chops, definitely well established. Um, let's get on to a bit of a Zwift history. Where, you know, when did you discover the platform? Are you, are you a veteran or are you a noob? Well, I think part of this has been my obsession around all forms of cycling. And so from early 2010 through 2012, we were discussing a fairly deep indoor strategy at Specialized. We chose not to go down that path. But then right around 2015, 2016, when I was introduced to Eric Mann and a few of uh, teammates at Zwift, um, I, I came on, I think I'm 17,000 in terms of users. So not, not early, early, but I'm part of Club Jarvis and I've been around this for a while. Uh, big believer in indoor training for effectiveness as a triathlete. I, you know, I've used indoor as a, as a core part of my, my fitness development. I've, I've been a big believer of Zwift for a long time. And, and to be very clear, Zwift pulled me away from a, a very fun, very rewarding, lucrative career at Specialized. Okay, so that's really interesting. I mean, you, you were into indoor cycling before Zwift was even a gleam in Eric Min's eye. That, that's really interesting. So you know your bikes, you know your indoor cycling, uh, you know your Zwift. You've got nowhere to hide, Mark, on this, uh, on this interview, right? So how did this role come about then? I mean, the hint there was that you were kind of lured away from Specialized by Eric. Is that right? Uh, in somewhat, I, I mean, I was looking as well. I, I uh, very much enjoyed my time and everything that I brought to Specialize, and that won't end. Uh, Specialize is an investor in Swift. The partnership and the team are still connected. We talk on a regular basis. Um, but I was looking for my own for my own self. Uh, there's a lot of things in Swift that are quite telling about the future. And as a person who's been in R and D and development and cycling for a long time, I'm generally trying to make sure that we're on a trajectory that is very relevant and rich 10 years from now, 15 years from now. Um, and so in this case, clearly the elements of digital connected community, everything that Zwift stands for in terms of getting more people fit uh, are things that are core part of values for myself. 
And so it was part of a short list of companies that I looked at into the future. And so I, uh, one of the teammates that I worked at to specialize is uh, Craig Taylor, who leads growth marketing on the triathlon side at Zwift and has for many years now. So I reached out to him and he said, hey, we're making some big investments on the product side. You should talk to Eric. And that's, uh, that's what came about. So it was before a Series C landed and, and Eric and I started talking and he said, you know, we're, we're looking for many different roles. Um, one of which uh, has turned into the content programming role that I'm that I'm leading now. Yeah. Now let's just let's just decode uh, the, the 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 title and get behind it a little bit. I mean, the way I see it, from what I picked up from your interventions in forums, is that your brief is to make those members of the community who are a little unhappy a great deal happy. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure. That- I'm sure there's more to the role than that, but just just scope it out for us, Mark. I mean, how do you see the role? Products effectively forging into three kind of key pillars, one of which is content programming. And content programming is exactly that. Content, what do you do on the platform? When you show up into Zwift, what do you have to do? And that's everything from free riding to workouts to group rides to any of the different types of content that we could serve. And programming is fairly straightforward. It's how do you schedule it? whether it's an on-demand or a scheduled event, how do I make sure that there's something awesome for you to do uh, on a minute-by-minute basis? And so it's, it's interesting. It, it parallels a lot of the things that we want in programming in general. We want on-demand. We want it for me right now. I want it specifically and recommended for me. So there's a lot to uncork in there. The element of the community, that's one of the core pillars that we're putting in place for content programming. The community is truly our core. And uh, it's really just an identification that we've done a poor job, especially this last year, consistently connecting, listening, hearing. And that's not due to lack of trying. It's due to scaling. It's due to a bit of strategy and also uh, focus. And so my team is is corely, you know, that's one of the core focuses of this team. Well, I mean, I'm glad you brought up that last point because it, it, it saves me sounding like Mr. Nasty in doing it. But there are certainly some element, elements of the community and not so much the new users, to be honest, who are still in that honeymoon period and still in that discovery period and still in that, wow, this is fantastic period. But But there are other members of the community who some would say justifiably say, well, you know, what's Swift really done for me in the last year or two? I mean, you, you clearly concede that that is a case, not for the whole community, but for a part of it. Well, I think there's a big piece here. Those that I can empathize as an early part of the community that's been paying my $15 a month and, and investing in Zwift that we want to make sure that we're still listened to and connected here. Now, at the same time, we can't build a platform that is everything to everyone. So there, there are some trade-offs that need to be decided here. The big piece though is, okay, if I'm a, if I'm a Zwifter, where can I give feedback? Can I be assured that it's listened to? Is this a conversation? Do we have a relationship? And that's the piece where, um, you know, I, I, uh, I celebrate everything that Shuji does on our, on our forums and connecting, but as we've grown and scaled, there are so many more people giving feedback and we've been inconsistent in, in creating ways to listen and beyond listen, respond. So that's a really Engage. difficult Engage. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, that's a very difficult thing to to do as we scale. Um, but that is a that's a core focus of what um, this content programming team will do. These are not um, 
community support requests. These are, do we have a relationship? Let's talk about what everyone's, uh, you know, looking for, for future features. And some people just want to know, is this coming or not? It's, it's an area that we need to improve upon. And, and, you know, I did say to you, as we were setting up this interview, I wasn't going to nail you to a cross with, you know, what exactly is going to happen and when, but, 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 but you're making all kinds of reassuring noises about just a deeper uh, and a more responsive engagement with the community. And I, 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 you know, I mean, we've been saying this on the Zwiftcast for, for years. I do think that would be massively welcomed. Have you got, and again, I don't expect you to give me, you know, every cough and spit on how this is going to happen, but have you got an idea of, of what channel you're going to use for that engagement and, and how it can be two-way and responsive and all those things that the community and, and probably the company wants? Still, our company forum is, is going to be the go-to. Um, we just need to improve the support for the team that's running the forum. And by the way, I'm speaking on behalf of a massive team that's working in product management, that's working in marketing, et cetera. Um, really, all, all I've done come, coming in is I was, you know, it was over the holiday break and I was hearing some, you know, uh, some concern from some of those that are hosting some of the biggest events. And I just wanted to make sure that they had a, you know, a front row seat in the connection. To be clear, actually, a lot of our clubs have very deep, direct connections in, but with organizational changes over the last year, uh, some of those, and obviously, you, you know, you interviewed uh, Robert Baldy on your last SwiftCast, hmm. we, we had missed some connections. And so we facilitated connecting those, not just through into the events and the content programming team, but all the way into product management. And so many of the things that Robert had brought up, we, we did started from a forum, his own Facebook page, and then turned into, we've had several Zoom calls, talked through some of the feature requests, aligned it and just shared with him what was already on plan, what was coming next. And obviously that's that's led to uh, some reinstatement of some of the ZHR events, which we're super pumped on and, and thank Robert and, uh, and everyone that he connects with for all the efforts that he puts into those events. So that's an example of how we've done it right now. I can't answer the exact, hey, this is the strategy of where we're going to look for additional feedback. Um, that's something that's in flight right now. Um, it's the same places that it has been so far. So whether that's the the natural Facebook forums, what uh, on social media, we have teams across the world that are that are hearing this, and we have a lot of a lot of voices coming from multiple different places. So yeah, in, sure, in development. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you would expect that you're fairly new in the role, but I think the broad message of of greater engagement. And just doing what you did with with Rob Baldy, which was recognizing a problem and going in and fixing it. I mean, I th- you know, I do think that kind of thing will be welcome. And to be clear, this doesn't mean that we'll be able to do all of the things that are being requested. But the the thing that I at least guarantee uh, guarantee is a big word. I really hope to <laughs> provide in my my goal here is that it becomes more of a conversation, and that's might be impossible with the scale. But that we create a forum. Um, not, not just form, but create a consistent way of communicating that allows all voices to be heard and allows the community to know, yes, hey, we heard you. Guess what? This isn't something that we're going on or, yeah, you know what? This is, this is something that came from you. And there's a time span to that. There's a, you know, from when a request comes up to when it's provided. Some of those things end up becoming competitive differences so they, we can't always share our exact roadmap but it is an intention within the entire Zwift products team that we are more connected and, uh, and can share more of that and, 
Okay. Okay. Well, I think that message is pretty clear, even if the exact execution of it is is perhaps yet to be decided, which I think I think, you know, even the most jaded Zwifter would probably forgive you for at this stage. Um just before we leave this this topic, Mark, is there a step change needed in the overall culture at Zwift that uh, that acknowledges that the community should have a slightly greater influence in decision-making than currently exists? I think that that's, saying this as a Zwifter in the world, living in the community, I believe that that perception exists because our two-way communication has not been as robust as it needs to be. From the culture that I've experienced in my first two and a half months at Zwift, oh no, I really, the amount of meetings, conversations, discussions, et cetera, where community is brought up as the number one thing is immense. So I really believe that this has been a communication and engagement, a challenge as we've scaled, not a, an intentional or a miss in terms of culture. Um, that is my honest kind of a two and three month opinion after coming into the organization. And obviously we have to prove that. Okay. Well, I, like I say, I think that message is 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 very clear and will be well received. Um, Mark, not not specific projects, but what what are your kind of top three priorities over the next two to three months? I mean, it sounds like you're building a team. Yeah, this is a whole new pillar within within the company. Now, to be clear, was there content before this team was set up? Yes, for sure. It's it's been a combination of our our uh, product team and our marketing team to connect with the community, connect product and, and everything from features like PacerBots, et cetera, to build great, amazing new content, whether it be in the last year or the last prior years. I'd say the, the top three priorities in, in this next 90 days for me is really identifying the uniqueness around our content genres, if you will. What makes a great group ride? What makes a great race experience? What makes an awesome workout experience? And each of those genres has a, a size of population that's great in it as communication, whether it be in a group ride that's community hosted with a ride leader and, and SAG and sweepers, all little details that make these uniquely Zwift awesome experiences. There's a lot of uh, curating to make sure that we can continue to deliver on that and that we can increasingly be unique and deliver these, these awesome experiences in the future. So that's really the, the top one. What makes us uniquely Zwift? Uh, the second one is integrating the community in our development. So that's both the feedback loop we've talked about, as well as we have some cool stuff coming up that we want to serve up to those that are most discerning and can give great feedback earlier before it goes live into releases. And so that's a that's a feedback loop that we are looking to ameliorate and really formalize better. Different times in Zwift's ex, uh, existence, it's been fantastic. And it's something that I know we will get back to fantastic. So that's a second priority. And then the third one is really based upon the scaling over the last year. It's programming content. So there's always something for you and there's something enticing. This is an interesting one because the population of Zwifters is evolving and we have uh, a very large uh, disparate uh, capability in terms of power output, weight size, all of those things, all the way to preference. Some prefer workouts, some prefer group rides, some prefer races. So how do we create this, this continual always on platform that serves a global audience across almost 200 countries uh, with 168 hours a week? 
And that is really the programming aspects. And uh, so we're, we're trying small things that are already starting to show results. Tortoise Whipped is scheduled every hour right now. The community has loved it. I know for many club owners, it's, it's uh, made it challenging because with our current content discovery, we're overlapping with other club events and that can make it more difficult for Zwifters to find great clubs. That's something that we're working through, but those are really the three things. Unique content, uh, integrating the community in our development and programming it. So there's always something for you. Well, that's a very, very clear priority list. And as I've said a couple of times during this interview, I do think all of those things will be will be greatly welcomed. You've not been here long. Let's say we'll get you back on on three months' time and uh, and review this conversation maybe. But um, in the meantime, Mark, thanks very much indeed for your time. All right. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate it. Well, chaps, I mean, importantly, and quite big of him this, I think he has conceded that, um, as British people say when they're trying to describe something that's absolutely terrible, things have been slightly less than ideal uh, in the communications department, and he's certainly making the right noises, and he has actually already stepped in and fixed a few things. It's a very promising start, Shane, yeah, okay, back up first. Let's have a look at Mark's stats. He's level 28. He has done 6,519 kilometres, and we're unsure if he has the Tron bike. Hey, on that note, Simon, how's the uh, time, time check? Under 10 minutes, Tron bike. Here we go. Under 10 minutes. Can I just say, on this very subject, can I just say on this very subject, since the last time it came up, I did actually go on, onto that place where it tells you how many bloody pizzas you've <laughs> or something on Zwift. Anyway, I've got my lifetime meters. I could have had the Tron bike, boys. I let you. I just need to let you know. Three point two seven times. <laughs> <laughs> that's how many. That's how many times I could have it in my garage. Miss, what is? How's it go? Gretzky quote: "You miss every shot you don't take." Yep. Exactly. <laughs> no, absolutely nailed it. Yep. Uh, but we're not sure if Mark has the Tron bike or not, but he does have 60,000 metres of climbing. So he has enough to qualify for the Tron only if he has clicked that box. He's going to join that box is what it's all about. He's going to join the Simon Club. There's a new club. 60 plus, 60,000 plus club of no Tron bike. Well, let's I could have had three. I could have had three. That's all I'm saying to you. That's, you know, that's all I'm saying to you. Can we get like back onto the subject? We will, we will. And I'll, I'll, loop back, I'll loop back smoothly. It sounds like clubs is under his jurisdiction. So let's see what he does with clubs when that comes out, hopefully soon. So look, yeah, look, all good words in that interview. But let's see when the rubber hits the road. That's where it's going to make the difference. And we've seen for the last few interviews that we've had, Eric's words have been chiseled into ammunition and the community are firing them back at him on a daily basis. So Mark's in a bit of a tricky situation. I guess they've rolled out the new guy. He said all the good things, um, but history states that you, you've got to deliver on these things. Um, looping back to the community, look, I, I think Swift needs to run their own show. If they listen to the community, we'd end up with faster horses. That's it. We won't get new cars yeah. or something along those lines. Look, I think there's a big difference between the community and the Swift addressable market, which they really need to start pushing into. I think Zwift wants to please the community, but their focus is going to be on growth and new subscribers. And if Zwift continues to improve and innovate, the community are going to be happy anyway. And I think it's that improvement and the innovation that has stagnated from what we saw back in the past. Again, it's me as the vets, as the veteran user of Zwift. You know, we used to see things uh, progress from Jarvis to uh, Watopia, and then we could U-turn on Watopia, and then we got extra roads, then we got workout mode. All these things came along in rapid succession. That's really slowed down. So uh, there's a lot of talk about 
working with the community, I think they need to listen and just continue to improve and innovate. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, no, I think that's very true, Shane. And there's nothing like a new feature for shutting people up. But 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 having said that, I think by common consent, that, and they admit this, that their their ability, capacity, willingness, uh, and and execution of of just talking to the community has been pretty terrible, to be honest. And in the absence of a new feature every day, which you simply cannot have, then at least a conversation which says, well, we we, we do actually have this in the works and it might be ready by X. And uh, this is the reason we aren't doing that thing that you've been asking us to do since day one, like ghost rider pacer bots against your own performances. This is why we haven't done it. So, I mean, I do think... You know, communication is a big, big part of that that mix. I get your point that, that new features solve everything, but I do think communication is, is is hugely important. It's going to be a hard one to solve because the communication lines with the community is so dispersed. It's on Reddit, it's on yeah. Twitter, it's on Facebook, yeah. it's on, well, I guess we now have to join OnlyFans and listen to the feedback there. So there's <laughs> things everywhere they need to wrangle. The Zwift uh, forums are a good start. But uh, if there's a fire over on Reddit, it won't be seen. If there's a fire over on Facebook, uh, everyone sees the fires on Facebook. What am I talking about? But <laughs> it, it's a hard one to wrangle and get them all in your little farmyard. Mm. But uh, good yeah, luck no, I it's, yeah, it's going to be good I, to no, see. I agree. Uh, but he did say the forums were, were going to be the focus. Um, but, 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 I mean, Shane made some great points, Nathan. But we've got to give this guy a chance, don't we? Yeah, I, I, two things I want to say, like two-part Super hopeful with what was addressed and uh, what Mark's charge is and that he really addressed that charge. There was pushback from Mark in some areas to say, no, we're really our focus here. The communication is the only thing that's missing. I have to disagree there. Um, uh, But I do like how he really focused on what he could deliver. And it sounds like he will deliver, which is better comms and content management. Um, Absolutely awesome. And I think he, uh, from where he's coming from and, and what he has accomplished in his in his career and what he knows of cycling, that's the water that he's coming from is cycling. And so super exciting to hear that. I just think in the area where this game is lacking, he might not, he might be a fish out of water where I'm super excited about the next person we're going to be talking about the new chief product officer because the things that are lacking here are not necessarily what Mark was, I think, a little bit of deflection away from the failings of Zwift in some areas for the community where I think um, not necessarily gamification Mario Kart style, but gamification that enhances the cycling experience that has not been delivered on the product development side. And so I think that uh, I'm loving everything that Mark said, although I think that there was downplaying because of where he's coming from and the type of user perhaps that he is coming from specialized cycling world completely and not necessarily maybe a gaming world, whereas we have somebody coming directly from there on the product side that I think is going to slice and dice in a lot more of a way that be very direct on where things maybe have not kept up where we have this people who are gamers are like what the heck's going on and then there's this underlying the cyclist who's playing going why is it turning into the garage wall you know so um that's that's my only Mm. feedback there but otherwise super excited about everything i heard yeah he he did make all the right noises and to be fair to the guy you know and there's only uh, his job description is 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 programming content Uh, and and obviously that is expanding to i think take on certainly take the lead in the in the in the communications area 
I just think give the guy a chance, okay? <laughs> you know, give him a chance. I mean, the couple of uh, siren voices here and there writing him off already. I just think that's a bit um, a bit previous, to be honest. Uh, let's let's see what he can do. He's he's making the right noises. We'll get him on in three months and see what he's achieved. Okay, well, as Nathan hinted there, um, not the only big new hire at Zwift we're discussing. The announcement of a new chief product officer, itself a brand new role, sort of came between Zwift casts, and we've not had a chance to discuss what Yushang Chen, who I gather is known more informally as Theodore, um, has on his plate. A lot is the short answer. His brief is just massive. Deep breath. It is. Product design and user interface, engineering, game design and art, product management, wait, there's more, R&D, content programming, live ops, QA, and community support. My God, Shane, when's this dude going to sleep? <laughs> I think the title should be Chief Head Kicker. That's, that's everyone. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it. That's the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, really interesting to see. It's yeah. such a broad um, brief for a single role i'm assuming that there's going to be a team behind uh, what he's doing as well um again that's it's good noises good things uh, and progress being made on that side of things but again rubber hits the road let's see yeah yeah uh, nathan and i'll bring you in on this as well shane because because we both know the guy um and we need to be re super respectful here but but the relationship between the game's creator john mayfield and theodore obviously going to be critical here. Yeah, I think um, the experience, for some reason, I, I'm thinking of some conferences and uh, that I've seen come in from like Nintendo and NVIDIA and others where they bring someone in that has like a ton of experience at a high level management within uh, this kind of tech world. And um, if they can really jive with the team that's on 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 already on the ground and then like start bringing in people and resources uh, to enhance that and also bring new perspective to that. I think uh, the same kind of growth that we've seen in those other companies, we could see that, which is really exciting to me um, where five years down the road, you know, we have a roadmap that maybe gets laid out now and five down, years down the road, there's a ton of things delivered where we no longer feel like a little bit of this pie in the sky stuff or somebody who's already experienced that and done those deliveries um, at a large scope and really successfully. So I'm hoping for that um, in this hire support. Like, so lots of, um, but again, you know, I'm starry eyed right now. <laughs> we'll see what ends up happening. But the question I asked you was, would he get on with John? <sighs> Um, I think yes, because my conversations with John have always been, man, Nathan, like I've had, like, I've gone into Zwift at like midnight, 1am, John's a hard worker, you know, and sat down in his office to have a conversation about all the pie in the sky. He's like, yeah, I really would like to do that. And I'd really like to do that. But you know, it, it just was, it just didn't seem like it was possible. Like they had to serve certain areas in certain ways. And, uh, I, you know, I'm just wondering if this will actually, uh, infuse something more into what John does want to do and, and open up some doors for it. So yeah. that's my hope is from what yeah. I've heard from John's heart about what he would like to see in the game as well. And, and th I mean, this must have been considered by Eric Min and the rest of the board, um, Shane, the relationship between the new guy and John, and they must have hammered out some kind of agreement on, you know, 
who's where. And a job like this is not a nine to five job. It is you live and breathe and sweat and think and dream in in you know the role that uh, this requires. Um, and that's I mean the connection that I've had throughout my years of, of working with other people is you need a, you need a good personal relationship with them too. Be it either outside of work, you need to have the same hobbies, the same off the cuff conversations at the water cooler need to be along the same lines. If you don't get along with somebody at that kind of level with this kind of role, um, it just doesn't work out. So, yeah, hopefully they get along well. Hopefully it's all happy days and, uh, yeah, we see progress. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, as listeners might expect, I am pushing for an interview with Theodore. I've been told he needs to get his feet under the table. I don't know whether that includes his legs as well as his... <laughs> <laughs> There'll be pictures. There'll be pictures. <laughs> that I, I hope not. Will. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Anyway, I don't know how long that will be. And, and you know, you've got to give him a bit of grace before I've got banging his door down. Um, given his workload, it might be a while. But I am chasing hard for that interview. I'll keep pushing and I'll let listeners know. Right on! Right, well, we Zwifters will quite often have another orange-coloured app on our phones and other devices, as well as Big Fat Z, the big orange S for Strava. Actually, it's not a big orange S, it's two triangles, but you get my drift, (laughs) Uh, is an app we probably click on a fair bit. And there's been another big change to the way Zwift and Strava interact. A quick blast of history. In April 2020, there was a big cull of Strava segments. A ton got changed from public to private. That hugely cut down the number of Zwift segments which were visible to everyone. Let's get the king of Zwift Strava segments, Eric Slanger of Zwift Insider, to take up the story. It, it kind of went sideways, it seemed like. They like they hid a lot of segments and then they brought some back and the community was asking, hey, we need these, why did you hide it? And, it was weird that segments segments disappeared and then came back and then we didn't hear anything at all until January the end of January 2021 what Strava had done this time is they had marked everyone's segments who everyone other than Zwift Insider they had marked them as private Strava was had chosen to remove the Zwift Insider verified little block of text from the end because he said now that you're now that you're the only segments that show up you don't need to explain that they're verified because you're the only segments that exist so there we are we've gone from what appeared to be a kind of curated cull to an absolutely brutal cull uh and as i say uh you know opinion appears to be split on that uh, obviously people welcome clearing up you know just complete rubbish you know segments that were 50 meters long and that kind of nonsense but we do seem to have moved to a position where uh, it's gone from the kind of sublime to the ridiculous, where you know there are now so few segments. Um, has it gone too far, do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, in my opinion, the current, the current experience is a, a little stripped, a little too stripped back from what, what people would prefer. I've heard both. I've heard a lot of folks say, oh, I love just having just the official timed sections in there. And then I've heard people say, oh, I want some of the extra ones. So I'm curious what people think. But for me personally, yeah, I'd like to have a few more segments, uh, but I I just want the ones that make sense. I don't want the ones I don't want. And that's the that's the trick is, you know, figuring out which ones are good and which ones aren't. And apparently Strava, Strava's never been really good at that when it comes to Zwift segments. They can't seem to figure out what segment is popular and which one isn't. 
It sounds to me, Eric, so they need to put one person in charge of this who knows what they're doing. Now, who could that possibly <laughs> well, be? It, apparently, it's me, although they, they, never, uh, they never asked me. But, uh, but here, here we are. Ever since the coal happened a few days ago, I've created probably 30 segments since then. So what I'm trying to do is I'm kind of going world by world. I was just I was just creating some in the jungle in Watopia this morning, actually. I'm trying to go kind of world by world and go, okay, what? Where do we need some more segments here? Like I did Richmond and there's never been a Zwift Insider segment for that final climb before the finish because it wasn't an official timed KOM, but I made a segment for that. But the problem for Eric now is this. Previously, he was rewarded for the not inconsiderable amount of work in creating and maintaining segments by having them branded Zwift Insider on Strava. Now that's gone. Quite a substantial amount of work, isn't it? That's the rub, you might say. I've, I've talked to HQ a little bit this week by email and by phone, actually, about the situation because the thing is, is when Strava removed Zwift Insider Verified from all the segments, that kind of, it removes any benefit that I was receiving. I don't know if I was receiving any benefit at all. Presumably, there's a little bit in there, a little bit of name awareness or something. Uh, but there's none of that now. I'm trying to figure out, you know, how many, how much work do I put into this thing at this point? And what I reached out to, to Zwift with was the idea that, you know, maybe uh, since, since we're not being Zwift Insider verified anymore, maybe this is time for Zwift to take over this key section of their user's experience. So I don't know what that looks like. To me, the most logical thing would be to take over the account I have, maybe even contract with me to at least advise on segments because it seems like it seems like there's not people at Zwift who are who really are into that. But I don't know. I'm I'm kind of waiting to see what they want to do. And in the meantime, I'm just trying to improve the experience for the community and and not not work too many hours <laughs> at the same time. I mean, now now you've 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 kind of explained it through. It's, it's actually a bit of a mess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, really. It's it, I mean, Zwift should have owned this from the beginning, right? They they should have created Zwift verified segments from the very beginning. The segments should have been in game when the new routes launched. It, it's such a it's such a popular feature that people use, um, but they but they never did. So now they're they're they they failed the plan, and now they're they're in this situation. Uh, I think this might be another matter to add to Mark Cote's ever expanding to do list, eh, chaps? Um, Shane, Eric's right, isn't he? Zwift really should own and manage Strava segments on their own platform. I mean, Watopia is their own backyard. I'd love to see some interaction or a closer interaction between Zwift and Strava. A lot of people are saying, oh, I got the KOM up, you know, the Epic KOM, or I got the, the Watopia wall, but it doesn't quite match up exactly. Um, there's no reason why they can't match up to the milliseconds. So have them sort of integrated in some way. That would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, if, if Eric is doing that himself, I'd be charging them per meter basis on segments creation, yeah. I think, <laughs> and on a commission base as well. So for 12 months, I will create this route. It'll exist for this long, and then I'll create the, yeah. So I'd monetize that somehow. Yeah. Well, well, you joke, but, but, but Eric Slanger is now the only man in the world who can create, the only person in the world who can create Zwift 
segments on He's Strava. He's going to get a lot of okay. DMs, a lot of DMs, and they're not just going to be leg pitches. People will be asking for new segments uh, all the time, creators well, across. Well, that's what he does. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, I mean, he said he's had over 200 requests. You know, so, uh, you know why – should Eric, you know, put the very intense, them? very intense, <laughs> very intense, very intense. A uh, bit of a mess, Nathan, isn't it? This, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I I can't say I'm I'm dissatisfied because I got a KOM the, the moment it happened. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> woo, here we go. It was a part of the Moby Star Challenge. Oh, that was one of the hardest races I've ever done. But um, yeah, but besides the KOM I got, that was pretty awesome. Um, definitely would be amazing to have integration. For some reason, I'm like thinking like, um, you know, I have my Garmin on and it'll warn me segment coming up, right? Like, how cool would that be if in Zwift, oh, Strava segment coming up yeah. and you can see it and it's yeah, like, I'm segments, going for yeah. it. And it would go yeah. the same in game, in game the in same game. way. So yeah. we've got the board on the left now for KOM, but now it could update with, boom, a in-game live PRs, segment, PR, all PRs. that stuff. Yeah, oh, it'd be so great. So kind of have it it's going to um, like this pressure Zwift point too. with Eric – you know, could kind of create a content. Mark, hey, Mark. Integration. Here we go. No, but it's true, it's true isn't it? I mean, that that uh, your own PR up a, up a climb on, on Strava outside, I find that incredibly motivational. I mean, imagine that in-game. You know, you've just got a radio button and you click it on or off. If How far ahead, how far behind. That's what you need. Not just a total, how far ahead and how far behind. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, super yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 you can uh, learn to pace better that way as well. Yeah, we're dreaming again, boys. We're mm -hmm. dreaming. Mm -hmm. We're dreaming. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, another two women racers have been publicly sanctioned, named and shamed, you might say, for, well, let's call it what it is, cheating. Uh, but so far, no men, bar Cameron Jeffers, and that was kind of a bit different. So, Nathan, as race oracle... Uh, big question for you. Are men better at cheating? Um, they are not as green, I think, when it comes to the field. Um, I, a lot of – and also a lot of the racers in the esports scene from the women's side, from when we had live events, have um, a lot of new blood. Like a lot of them are not around as much anymore, and a lot of the men's scene has stuck around for a while. And then those who were recruiting in the men's scene um, – had like established teams that then trained those who came into those teams and got into the premier division side. Whereas on the women's side, um, a lot of the old school teams, uh, Hino comes to mind. I don't think they've had maybe one or two situations, right? But those were new, those were new people coming in. Right. And so none of the old school Hino ladies have had any problems. So I think it's just the fact that there's a lot of new, which is, there's a really good plus side to this. It's that, there's a lot of women getting into high level racing and getting equal pay, equal representation, yeah. which is great, yeah. but it's very green on that side when it comes to all the tech sides of things. So are they quote unquote better at cheating? I think they're better at getting their setups right and not showing up <laughs> with bad setups, uh, not knowing that they are bad setups necessarily. Um, or, those who have tried these same tactics were weeded out before Premier Division and the media were paying any attention. All the weeding out on the men's side had happened before any yeah, media yeah. was around this. The women are just getting caught when the media is paying attention. So I think that's the main issue. There. It's just a time lag thing, Shane, isn't it? It's just, you know, they're, they're, I think as Nathan said, more and more women are racing. 
so in the kind of evolution of these things, then a few cheats get weeded out, and that that happened with men years ago. Yeah, look, I think these four cases, I believe, are about the post-race analysis and the dual recording. My issue is that if there's a requirement for dual recording, what what sets this off? What the domino effect here is that somebody's GPS fails to record. Why the hell are they using a GPS indoors? Why isn't dual recording? If it's a requirement of the platform, there needs to be paired two power meters in game now you can't pair two power meters with a head unit software is different you can pair two power meters as a source and that can be then sent in real time either during the race or and encrypted to zwift hq there's none of this stuffing around with my garmin edge going off and then people scrambling to generate files that replicate or look like the that's my issue that i have here so the requirements are too complex it does not match so the technology that's being used does not match the requirements there's just this big gap there and it's causing confusion you've got to be a tech head i do dual recording here i do triple recording sometimes quadruple recording that's my job these people's job is to race bikes. They don't need stuff around. Yeah, yeah. It really makes me angry that this is unfolding in this way. I'm with it. These people are just making mistakes or forgetting to turn that. Like that's the actual root cause here. It's, it's all complex and they're trying to cover up their tracks and all this, but the media are running with this and using it as clickbait. This hit the gaming industry media the other week, Zwift cheaters. Holy mm. hell, It's this needs to be sorted out. So people's reputations are being damaged teams are being affected by this sponsors of those teams are being dragged through the mud for no real reason just through all these i, can, I gotta jump in I um, gotta so the jump reason in. why the use like wait 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 wait. we gotta get the teams on board if we want more with an interview then because there's way more that went on the background from what i understanding than just mistakes were made like from my reading of these sanctions, oh, there's malicious, there's malicious action here. Well, alleged malicious, malicious action. Sure, I, I get that. Sure, but the, the, what what turned or what what usually starts all this off is this complexity of of. Yeah. No, no I, 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 to, to, inter, to intervene here and uh, uh, kind of sum up this discussion because we could go deep down the rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. I think Shane's point. Shane's point is a really really good one. There, there is a, you know, if we are to insist on dual recording, then let's dual record and let's send those two data streams live to Zwift and get it verified by the Zwift process. Simple. End of story. There's no room 100%, for doubt. 100% agree. Data, does, 100% data, data, doesn't, data doesn't lie. So there's like a really easy tech fix to this, what is actually currently quite a damaging process because, uh, you know, it besmirches the the uh, reputation of a new sport. It mm-hmm. probably ruins people's lives actually to get publicly named and shamed you know it's not a good thing so yeah good easy text fix uh tech fix should we just add that one to theodore's list or should we hand that over uh, to mark's got that one, one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well we fixed that one boys um it's uh, <laughs> it says on my script here now okay let's shuffle over to tech corner but i i, I think we're already there actually deep in tech corner um anyway it's a slight change of subject this is a pretty niche actually and it, it would have been missed by most swifters i suspect but one day it might really matter if this one thing becomes a trend it's zwift deciding to in a small way restrict 
hardware usage. Uh, Shane, it is quite complicated, this. It's the, it's the steering thing. So I'm going to ask you to explain it first, please. Yeah, it's confused me as well. So apparently, Zwift are only sharing their steering protocol with Elite through until April this year. So Elite, you can only steer with the steering plate on Zwift. And so there's an agreement between those two until April. Now, that was implemented a few months back. That will expire soon. We'll see what happens there. Um, however, we've now seen them roll out steering to the kicker bike. Um, and smart bike companies are reportedly having to enter into agreements with Zwift for steering support. Now, I can't find anything about this being exclusive, but I think that's what everyone's alluding to here. But really, who knows? As for Zwift restrictions, so in other words, in another, just, just, sorry, mate, just to to to, to make this super simple. Mm -hmm. If I buy a kicker smart bike and I want to use the newly enabled steering function i can do that in zwift but i can't do it on any other platform that's what we're hearing i'm yet to see any mm. confirmation of that however I, it comes down to implementation too so could it be the other platforms just aren't set up to implement this steering um so yeah. as for zwift restricting hardware i think it's just around a lack of basic implementation i don't see any synergy between hardware companies and zwift when it comes to having the best user experience with the hardware that we have out there, the expensive hardware that we have out there. Look, for an example, uh, the community has been calling for wired trainers forever. Simon, you're on the wired trainer bandwagon. Yeah. Hey, yeah. one yeah, came out last yeah, week. Yeah. There's a yeah. wired trainer, but there's no yeah. support in Zwift yet. So yeah. I don't would. Yeah, this is business being business um, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, whatever analogy can I use? Uh, yeah, that's about it. We'll see. It's an interesting one. Um, I just think it's just a slow ride. There's so much more they could be doing. Um, and let's just see what happens with the new management and uh, integration. Well, I mean, if it is what we think it is, and it might not be, it might be cock up rather than conspiracy, <laughs> often, often these things are. But if it is what we think it is, which is Zwift beginning to close off certain sections of their game to certain users on certain hardware at certain times, which is, you know, what this kind of interpretation is. Well, seriously, who's actually surprised by this? Not me. I mean, who thinks this is probably just the start of more of this kind of thing? Well, yes, as, as, as you say, Shane, uh, business being business, is there anything deeply and profoundly morally wrong with this? Not sure there is, really. It's just a commercial company doing what a commercial company does. No law, ethical or otherwise, that says Zwift has to be, in inverted commas, open. Is there, Nathan? No, I don't necessarily think so. I think that um, Zwift being open up front and being accessible to every single uh, piece of hardware that is out there is what brought a ton of users on. It's, you know, what from a business perspective, though, how many users are you going to alienate? How many users are you going to make happy? And I think Zwift is going to have that on their mind as they do any of this. So there'll be a trade-off that I think the more that that does happen, you'll get perks alongside as well. So I think that, um, yeah. you know, I... So if I go into, I'm going to use another gaming analogy. Um, if anybody follows me on Twitter or anywhere else, when I was playing Apex, I was anti-controller. Like, don't use controllers as input. And the reason being is because it has aim assist. Aim assist should not exist in a shooting game. Like, li literally assist you to <laughs> shoot other people. Like, and I'm trying to not, I'm doing that without assistance. Like, and I would just be going off. I need that on Zwift. Time, right? I need that on Zwift. And so there's a lot of people with aim assist, Z power, riding around. You know what I mean? So anyways, I'm not saying we should get rid of Z power at all anyways, either. But in one little niche of this, in the racing scene, 
there could be a situation where down way down the road, here's what can race at this level within these races. That's just one one example of how this could play out. And I think that as the features expand and expand, there might be only certain products that can serve those features and certain parts that can parts as if that can offer that. And as you do that, you know they're going to be thinking about we can't alienate too many people. And it'll, I think it'll only be a, a good trade-off if they play it smartly. So yeah, it is good business in my opinion. And I don't think they're going to alienate people you know, without really, really thinking about how much they could lose. Because it yeah, hits yeah, the yeah. bottom line, yeah. that's for sure. Uh, and as you say, balancing that with, with rewards. Now, I mean, I, there was a bit of kind of faux outrage about this, but I, I'm not buying it myself. Um, okay, lastly, the quick bite section. A blink and you missed it, but there was a chance for a Swifted to get a place on a World Tour pro team. Uh, Movistar's eSports team, a kind of talent troll competition thing, uh, really good to see Movistar getting involved. And interesting, because ages ago, you, you, you two and I are probably the only people in the world who remember this. Ages ago, Movistar made kind of, there was some kind of half-assed move to do <laughs> do this on their own, actually. They had, I think they had their own league or some big competition thing. And I think it was partnered with Be Cool, if I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Movistar has obviously realized that resistance to Zwift is futile, I think, uh, Nathan, and um, throwing their lot in with the big Z. Yeah, this has been in talks since, I think, last spring, um, right around uh, the first COVID uh, lockdown time and everything. Um, They were really looking at the races that we were broadcasting. I actually had a couple of meetings uh, with uh, Movistar and their marketing team. And, then, and I didn't really understand what they were up to up front until they said, we want to have our own esports team, just like we have UCI team and they will be supported. And I was like, really? Yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. I was like, all right, we'll get you guys racing amongst the community and every, and you know, and um, you know, really get some experience with it and stuff. And, and, and then it obviously went inside with Zwift and they've been working on it for a while. And now we see it launch into fruition. I think it's great because a lot of the racers that I've been commentating on for a while and seeing in the community at a top end that maybe um, haven't have, have really focused in on esports and racing on the platform, but maybe not so much in the in real life stuff or haven't had the opportunity there, they're qualifying. And I'm really excited for it because they're qualifying and streaming it on their Twitch. And so kind of this esports space of what we've seen grow um with the uh the esports star you know what i mean could start coming to fruition more and more uh being attached to a brand like movistar you know if we start having more of that happening i could really see those platforms uh that those individuals have within the team take off as well and just kind of this synergy happening within that world that we see also in the gaming world interesting partnership Shane, I mean, very eye-catching, Movistar. Yeah, the link there, if people aren't aware of that, uh, Movistar are out of Spain, and Be Cool is a Spanish company. Yep. So that's the link yep. there. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm looking back through the history there. They ran a, a series back in 2019, I think it was, um, for the Movistar Virtual Cycling Championship. Um, uh, there's that quite, was a, it. quite a lot of history there on the web using the Wayback Machine of a few years ago, pre-COVID times. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good partnership that. Um, it, it seems to kind of appear out of nowhere though, which was 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 a bit odd. Maybe um, maybe it just passed me by. But good to see, good to see. Um, okay, Zwift so started another of their social impact campaigns this month with its Black Celebration series, a year long festival events and campaigns aimed at raising the profiles of black athletes and competitors and participants. I spoke to the Zwift staffer who's had a strong voice in this area. 
Uh, welcome to the Zwiftcaster, Ras Ambati, a Zwift staffer and one of the architects of the Platforms Black Celebration series. Hello, Rasan. Hey, how are you, Simon? Uh, as we were just discussing, a little bored, but let's gloss over that. Things can only get better. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Rasan, you're, you're credited with making many of the connections that have allowed this initiative to live and breathe. Uh, so we'll find out a bit more about that. And, you know, as it's audio and as we're talking about raising awareness in, the, in this area, let, let's just make this completely clear to listeners. You're one of the very few black employees at Zwift. Um, we'll get onto that later. Um, and also one of the very few black guys to, to do well in cycling. So let's just start with your pedigree as a cyclist. I mean, you've won stuff, some quite big stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, I was fortunate enough to cross the line first quite a few times. Um, and, and during that those times, uh, I was really enjoying just uh, what cycling uh, was offering to me. Um, yeah, I had some, had some success, um, raced on a bunch of different continents, except two, I believe. Um, but most of my success came in the U S and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's something I look back on sometimes every now and then I get the itch to get back out there and, and try to compete at a high level, but I have to reel myself back in and say, look, you know, you had your time and uh, it was a good run. Uh, you were a national champ, weren't you, at one stage? Yeah, so my first national championship came as a junior. I was 15 years old, and and uh, I literally won a state championship. I mean, I'm sorry, a national championship pretty much every year um, up to about 21, had a little break, and then uh, went on and went about four more after that. So in total, I have 10 national titles. Wow. Well, congratulations. And you said earlier you were fortunate enough to cross the line first. There's nothing fortunate about crossing the line first. <laughs> it's usually a result of a whole lot of hard work, as any cyclist will know. Um, your role at Zwift as well, Russ, and just while we're getting to know you, just, just talk us through that a little bit. Yeah, so I've been with Zwift, uh, I, I can't believe it, but this October will make four years. And uh, I, I, I joined Zwift um, after having a conversation with our CMO, uh, Steve Beckett, and and we just hit it off. You know, he liked me, I liked him. A lot of events, uh, MCN, just being a personality, and it, it came really easy to me because one, uh, I enjoy the product. Zwift is a, is, a, is a really good product, and and two, I believe in the product. So that alone, those two things right there, was just very easy for me to transition into being this. Um, uh, not really a face, but kind of like a voice, you know, uh, for yeah. Zwift uh, on and off the bike. And then I transitioned back to marketing. And in today's role, I'm doing anything from voiceovers to uh, commentary, uh, also helping with, uh, like we talked about, the uh, the Black Series um, that we launched and just a lot of different things, but really focusing on, um, you know, being more of the voice of Zwift from my perspective, which I think uh, Zwift is starting to appreciate a little more. Yeah, absolutely right too. Um, now, let's get on to the matter at hand. You were quite vocal, absolutely justifiably, at the height of the Black Lives Matter movement about what Zwift needed to do. You gave several interviews. Uh, there was one very hard-hitting one, I think, in Velo News. Um in the context of the 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 the, uh, the Black Celebration series, has progress been made, Rasan? Yeah, I think progress has definitely been made, um, and that was one of the things I was really vocal about. Is like it's 
publicly known that Zwift has raised X amount of dollars. And so um, it's it's easy for a company like Zwift to stroke a check to anyone, right? Uh, whatever organization is that they may feel compelled to do, fine. Of course, organizations need money to continue to work on the things to change our society for the better. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I think Zwift as a company, which is growing and growing, you know, 300, 400 employees, we can have a, a bigger impact uh, doing more tangible things um, more consistently. And so having the Black Celebration Series is a great start. And of course, you're going to have the naysayers, right? Like, where were you last year? Or, um, you know, but that's okay. You know, you, you can't you can't go back. You can only go forward. So I think that's why it's important that this celebration got off the ground and we build on this continuously. Probably for lots of reasons, we're probably still a little way away from that. And that, that brings me on to my next question, which is hideously complicated answer, I suspect, but a very simple question. Why is cycling so white? We have been used to um, identifying to certain aspects of life as being black or white, where in fact, it's not. Look, I'm living proof. I got on a bike and I was pretty successful at it. So um, one of the things I think why the Black Celebration Series is so important because it gives it gives black athletes and those who didn't know white athletes as well, or just people in general, an idea that it wasn't just Major Taylor, you know, and then a hundred years later almost it wasn't just Nelson Vils, that there's been people, even in the UK, you know, there's tons of black athletes that race in the Olympics, um, that have done really cool things in cycling, but their story just haven't been told and not not at all. And so um, I think the Black Celebration Series is important and what a lot of other organizations are doing to promote um, cycling within the Black urban community is so important because it's going to reach the eyes of a kid who's three, four, five, six, seven years old, and then hopefully that transforms. So it's not going to happen overnight, as you know, Simon. But, you know, if we live long enough, maybe, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, um, we'll see a bigger presence uh, of, of African-American cyclists, um, not only just racing, but just enjoying the sport, enjoying the bike. I mean, the bike is a form of transportation. But then after that, no one looks at it as a sport for the most part within my neighborhood. So I think that's the big thing that um, that I'm pushing with, with with Bahati Foundation and what Zwift is starting to push with the Black Celebration Series. Yeah, yeah. And, and of course, Zwift, as a platform, of course, there are barriers to entry with, with cost, but that, that applies across the board. But, but, the, but the barriers to entry to cycling have for all have kind of been been lowered a little bit by by Zwift and I you know I think that that's also worth celebrating but but talking about about Zwift I mean you know companies can do the external things and they can do the things that create visibility they've also got to look internally my observations when I've been to Long Beach and in in my association with Zwift which is 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 5 6 years now is that it's overwhelmingly white is is that going to change? You know, it will change when you change, not necessarily the head. Um, uh, our, you know, CEO, Eric Mann, is a, I, I believe he's one of, the, one of the best CEOs I've ever come across. Um, I think he's a really good leader. Uh, but also, I think at that same executive level, you got to need people who look like me at that executive level because no matter – 
what minority group you may identify with. If you're not black, you're not going to identify with black people 100 percent. So you may understand some of the small uh, things that we go through and what it's like to be a black male living in L.A. or New York, Chicago. But unless you're black and you 100 percent identify as that, you're not going to understand it. So it's it's a it's a longer burn, in my opinion, if you don't bring in qualified people of color who can represent the company at an executive level. Um, excellent, Russ. A really interesting conversation, actually. And I, um, it's great to hear you talk about it. And great to put a kind of face and a voice to the, the the name behind this initiative. I know it's not all your work, but but I know you you've certainly been inspirational uh, in in making it happen. Um, so let's just finish uh, on a slightly lighter note. Uh, those Afro styles, man. <laughs> Yeah. When I first got hired, I was kind of joking about it. I was like, man, because I had a really big afro at the time. And I said, man, I'm not riding Zwift until I get an avatar with an afro. So that was that was three years ago. Uh, and we finally got it. And, 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 and not to undermine the efforts of the creative team and everyone who has been working on these uh, styles. But here's one thing, if I can be 100% transparent and candid with you. Here's one thing that bothered me about when the afros and the different hairstyles and, and, and textures came out. And it all stemmed from the, the, the social and civil unrest that we were going through after George Floyd, right? If, if, if that had never happened, I think I'll still be uh, asking for new avatars that represent Black people. And so... You think about that. Three years ago, Zwift could have been ahead of the curve, right? They could have been well ahead. And and I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but just keep in mind what I said. When I got hired, that was one of the first things I ever said. Um, So just imagine if we were ahead three years ago and these things, we could have been, you know, now the, the people, the critics don't really have a leg to stand on. Why? Because Zwift was three years ahead of this. Representation, representation is a big issue. You know, uh, I, I mean, I've got a personal hobby horse about hand cyclists. You know, they really should have their own avatar and game. It's something I've mentioned on the on the Zwiftcast a number of times. Yep. But hey, we've, we've got afros, so we're moving forward. They they they've proved they can do it. Um, really excellent uh, conversation, Russ. And really, really, really lovely to hear from you. And uh, uh, well done for everything that, that you've contributed to this initiative. And I really hope that Zwifters will support it wholeheartedly. Thanks very much for your time. Hey, thank you, Simon. Um, well, okay, chaps, we could discuss the massive social import of uh, Black Lives Matter. And we could discuss Zwift's corporate policy of supporting what some might see as controversial causes. Uh, we could discuss the role of um, being a politics leadership in modern corporate life. Or we could discuss the Afro hairstyle. <laughs> in game. Let's discuss the Afro hairstyle in game. Uh, who's going to have gone for that? The number one suspect on this podcast, at least, will be our favourite bald Australian. <laughs> Have you gone all superfly yet, Shane? Yeah, guilty. I switched to the fro <laughs> straight away. I hope it wasn't. I hope it's not an offensive thing. I hope. I love the fro. I love being people like you're a bald guy. I'm like hell yes. If I can't grow hair in real life, I'm going to ride with as much hair as possible. <laughs> but I do call it the Leo Sayer. 
Ah, uh, yeah, well, mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Mm-hmm. I'm old enough to remember that. Mm-hmm. Long tall glasses and all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a kind of white fro. <laughs> yes. Uh, Nathan, <laughs> is it hideous cultural appropriation to enjoy wearing an Afro hairstyle in game? Or can we have a bit of guilt-free hair-based fun here? I think it's completely fun and great and part of celebration. You know, I think that... Um, Anyways, I'll leave that. I'll leave it at that. I'm I'm good with celebration appropriation. That's what I'll call it. So uh, it stands out in a bunch. I love that. <laughs> yeah, if you're running great. with the co- so not Coco. Oh, I stepped in it again. It's the co- whoever Cara. cadence is these days. Cara cadence. Mm-hmm. You can see the froze. They're like little lollipops riding around. I can I can see myself now. I know where I am. I, mean, I like great. it yeah. that everybody I'm eats tacos. It. More tacos, the better. So you know, it's good. <laughs> you guys are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Oh, are you going to mention tacos? No, I'm, I'm, the, I'm bringing um, the guerra to the flower front. That's all. We'll leave it alone otherwise. Well, well, well I put I put the afro on for this reason. I like the, the Zwift cap in game. I, that, that's my that's my current headgear and has been for for a long, long time. So I um I wasn't giving that up, but I put the I got the afro style, and then crammed the cap on top of it. And the best thing about that, of course, is you can do that knowing you can have full confidence in the fact that you're not going to get off the train and have hot hair. I mean, what's worse, Matt? You wouldn't know, Shane, would you? You wouldn't know about the problems. <laughs> no idea. Is it, I'm just thinking, like the Angus Young look from ACDC. <laughs> is it a bit of a curly out the back, but the cap on top and yeah. all the musical references, yeah. all the musical references. Uh, okay, uh, heading towards the end of another busy one. But before we go, I've absolutely loved the Tour de Swift this year. Really have, actually. I've thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And while chatting with Eric Slangier of Zoot Insider a little earlier, I wondered if he had two. I have. I've been, I, I've just been using it for recovery rides, basically. So I'll, when it's a recovery day, I'll hop on, I'll see what the stage is. And if it's a stage I haven't done yet, I'll hop in there and try to ride at zone two. Uh, And it's been a lot of fun. It's fun to try to try to stay in, in zone two, but also make progress in the, you know, in what, what rider number you are in the leaderboard. It's a, it's a kind of a fun challenge. And it's, it's just been cool to kind of rub elbows with lots of folks. I do a lot of chatting while I'm on there. It's been good. The, the jungle was a bit of a slog, though. Oh, I did the four well, lapper, and I'm like, man, yeah. when is this going to end? I, well, I was, I was going to say the same. And, I, you know, I must say, I, I have really enjoyed the Sword of Swift. I've taken a slightly different approach to you. I've made it my kind of featured hard uh, session for, for the week or two sessions for the week. And, and I've thoroughly, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed it, doing it that way. Until, as you say, actually, I was beginning to cave into despair. Uh, I think as I began lap three, and lap four was, just, I mean, I nearly got off the trainer, and I have never done that. You you were on a mountain bike, though, at least, right? No, I wasn't on a mountain bike. Oh, no, Simon. No, I'm not a mountain biker, Eric. Uh, I'm a roadie. I wanted to ride a road bike. I think I compromised and got a gravel bike. Okay, well, that's that's better. That didn't stop 500 packs of rabid mountain bikers overtaking me about every 20 seconds. And then, you know, lap three, lap four, oh, yeah. then you're getting overtaken for the second or third time by a mountain bike. 
it seemed like. And it was like, yeah, it's, it's a bit crazy how, how much better the mountain bikes perform in the jungle than, than the gravel bikes. You'd, you'd think you look at this nice, smooth dirt road and you think yeah. this is a gravel bike. Road. Well, that was why I made my choice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got to read the, there's a website out there. I think Simon, <laughs> that explains how this all works. You should check it out. Sounds very good. Uh, <laughs> it's a pleasure to talk to you, Eric. Thanks very much, man. Always a pleasure, Simon. Thanks. Um, Shane, as uh, Eric pertinently pointed out there, uh, I was on the wrong bike um, <laughs> in the jungle route, which I have to say was the one stage I really, really, really did not enjoy. God, that was a slog. But I selected the gravel bike thinking, that's fine. There can't be that big a difference between the mountain bike and the gravel bike. It's insane. Yeah, there's a bit to it, but uh, I saw some poor souls on the time trial bike on that course they were going backwards at about 400 watts and i'm just ticking at about 260 270 flying past yeah that gravel stage whew, that climb that climb is a sneaky climb out of the jungle every lap i was i did live streams of that and i think i've said it before but people i get a few people tuning into my live streams but they go crazy for watching me suffer and not talking so i'm, I'm you know i take away from that people people just want to see me suffer and not talk um yeah brutal stage brutal stage but definitely <laughs> definitely on the mountain bike and one for people to take note of if they're doing the makeup stages which are coming up soon of uh, which i've got a few to do too because i've been outside riding <gasps> shame on you shame on you <laughs> i wish i was outside riding a bit at the moment actually i'm feeling uh <clears throat> cabin fever with lockdown at the moment um nathan have you done have you done the talk you've been too busy racing i would imagine have you done the talk as well or have you just been racing <laughs> yeah i mean the reality of uh zrl um and the ttt on thursdays yeah. and then on top of that a lot of live streaming races recently I also did a tour of Oz in the middle of the tour of Zwift. So um, that was a three-stage tour that was really difficult and was live streamed. I was guest on that. So it was uh, that was right smack dab in the middle of it all. And then, um, you know, I've kind of been eyeing up the rankings on Zwift Power a little bit. There's been a lot of conversation about amongst the top teams um, how to best – I've been doing a little bit of gamification looking at this. How do we – play chess a little bit when it comes to getting up on the rankings. So I've been having a lot of fun racing a ton. So that's definitely been a, a focus. I did uh, one or two stages. They were so fast though. <laughs> oh my gosh. They were, they were kind of insane to even be a part of the front end of the races, but uh, they were, well, they turned into races for me. So it kind of like disrupted the training <laughs> a little bit. So, um, but yeah, that, that they're, they were a lot of fun and there's some plans actually in the, in the works for some of the, tours and, and uh, multi-stage uh, events that are coming up actually um, in the future for some live stream stuff that's kind of exciting as well. I often think, Shane, when, some, when, when a big event like this finishes, and I've actually seen a number of comments actually, uh, it's a bit like when the Tour de France ends. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. What am I going to do, what I'm going to do now? There's, there's, there's this kind of emptiness. Hole. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, I, I don't want another tour to replace it, though. So I don't want one every single day or every yeah. single week. Yeah. These things have an element of uh, epicness to them, especially when there's always a thousand people lining up for these stages. Um, they're, they're quite something yeah. special. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do. More podcasts. Let's do more podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the Tour de France does it done there by having kind of uh, crits, like little touring crits that go around. Oh, the celebratory ones the, where the climbers win the yeah, sprints and it's all yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah, 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 let's not have those. <laughs> no, let's not. 
But but it would be nice just to have, like you say, not another tour, but just a little something to fill the. I've, fill I've the got an idea because people. I'm a Zwifter, and having an idea is it's my goddamn right to have an idea and tell everyone about it. Let's have a route badge, a badge every month, a new route badge every month. Why not? Let's let's give someone yeah. and have a route badge rides. Maybe I, I'd go every week, but I hear there's one strong. next Saturday, right? Not this Saturday, but the oh, one. There's like an Uber pretzel. Good rolling, Nathan. Oh. Tell tell us all about that one, Nathan. Yeah, I heard Zwift Insider is uh, inviting a bunch of influencers. I heard that the chief marketing officer Steve Beckett is a part of this because he does not have the badge. Neither does Eric Schlangy. So uh, we're I think all going to be doing the Uber pretzel on Saturday the twentieth. Is it? If I'm not incorrect, so yeah. Does this involve eight hours on a trainer? Can someone tell? It's me? double draft. It's half like like let's call it cheating. Double draft anyway, boys. Simon, gonna be you just gotta hang on Come with on us now. at the front. It'll be fine. <laughs> no big deal. I am not. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. It's my birthday for a start. So if you think that I'm since. <laughs> Get in that badge is one of the best birthday out. presents that you could have. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from the trombone. Eight hours on the trainer, Nathan. Is it's not, not eight hours. There's no way it's eight hours on the trainer. I think I birth. did it in under four or something. <laughs> I got to take a look. Oh, only four. Oh, great. <laughs> At 350 watts, Nathan. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I may join that, but I may not commit to, to completely finishing it. <laughs> or even getting halfway uh okay um this is a section of the show where we're just about to go and we say what else is rocking your boat uh that's not um, not been included on the script shane what's on your mind mate uh, work 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 which involves riding yeah, bikes yeah. which i'm happy with um i've got an interesting story i i sent off a power meter returning a power meter to a company uh six months ago um the review was interesting it worked well indoors little quirks with this power meter the company like look return it to us we'll fully test it we'll get back to you we'll continue working the other day six months later a little package arrives on my doorstep return to sender they didn't collect it it was the slowest boomerang i have ever thrown it came back (laughs) from the other side of the world and it landed on my doorstep. i'm like what do i do with this thing i I wanted to work with so i've sent the uh the my contacts the company an email and it bounced i'm like aha that's why it bounced. It was addressed to that person. They never picked it up anyway. So the communication lines about have been reopened and they're like, here's a new firmware check. So tons of work behind the scenes with uh, power meters, two or three of those on the go, new firmwares for trainers, eagerly awaiting the uh, Zwift support for the direct connect uh, for the kicker. So we've got wired connections. Um, I'm looking forward to turning the microwave oven on right next to my trainer and not having any <laughs> dropouts. Um, but it's some actually that will, that will be a fun, that will be a fun video, Shane. You want to assemble every single household device that can interrupt uh, I, ANT. I've got a feeling another reviewer the... has already has already got this up their sleeve. Another reviewer oh, really? that has okay. a, a two characters and a word. I can't quite remember his name at the moment. We'll, we'll see what he's got up his sleeve uh, for this coming oh, soon. Yeah. But uh, it's always a bit of fun to to not just present technology and what it is and what you can do, but yeah, have a bit of fun with it as well. So that's always what's happening on the cards here. Plus, as I I said before lots of rides outside today my ride 35 degrees celsius brutal oh, see these suntan lines see these suntan lines got to work hard for those don't get those on swift the high <laughs> yesterday here was the high yesterday was minus one degree no. celsius, uh, which is as of nothing to the frozen wastes of the midwest i would imagine no yeah i think we had like 
negative five Fahrenheit and the wind chill had it at like negative 20 or something like that. It's been very, my, oh. one of my pipes froze because I left, I forgot to leave the sink on uh, a little bit. Sounds like you can store your vaccines outside. <laughs> it was pretty insane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's cold here, but that just means lots more riding on Swift. Uh, things happening. Playoffs just got announced. So there'll be a ninth and 10th week with the top 14 teams on the men's top eight across all regions in the ZRL season two and the top three teams that come out of the playoffs on the 5th and 6th of March. That weekend is when it will happen. So we're looking forward to broadcasting that. They three The three top of the men and women go to the Premier Division. Uh, we're into week number six next week. So ZRL is really on the mind. TTT every week with WTRL. I've been racing it in zone 11, I think it is, late at night after broadcasting it. Kiss 100 every weekend on my personal channel, doing the 2024 ride. Uh, racer streams is a new thing we're starting to focus on again it's kind of the old school where we started was with community lives there's yeah there's a lot going on a lot on the mind that's for sure but uh it's all tons of fun with the community content yeah i can imagine so what's your ftp at the moment nathan do you estimate i know you don't 40 i think 340 so like uh 5.1 i want to say something like that yeah uh We'll see. I don't know, though. I don't know. I mean, I'm still in like a lifting base build slash ride because we don't know when the first events are going to be. So I'm kind of just kind of hanging out, not quite leaving base and going into more build. I just kind of throw races in for intensity right now and then do lots of riding when I feel like it. So, yeah. Well, they're good numbers, man. Congratulations. Thanks. If you don't want to know my numbers. They're, uh, we'll, they're figure the the we'll figure out on the 20th. We'll figure out on Yeah. Yeah. My no, the, my numbers that are increasing are not the numbers increasing that I want to be increasing. <laughs> They're more like kilograms increasing rather than what enjoyment might be so, uh, enjoyment of, in, of uh, good good brews maybe increasing is what it sounds like. <laughs> I think we'll draw a veil over my fitness at the moment, boys. It's been a pleasure. I look forward to talking to you once again in the coming weeks. And thank you very much for your contributions today. Thanks, Bye. guys. See ya. Cheers, guys. By the way, DM me your uh, leg photos later on. Thanks. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. <laughs> That's it for episode 94. Thanks very much indeed for listening. Usual reminder, we are very grateful for the support of the Zwift Lens to the Zwiftcast, but it's us who decide what goes into the podcast, not Zwift. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. <laughs>